Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Thank you all very much for joining us today. My name is Kevin Adler, and I'm one of two presenters going to walk through a story for the next hour talking about uh, defining next generation of customer service for the federal government. Uh, my name is Kevin Adler. I support the uh, US Army team here at, at uh, the public sector space at ServiceNow as a digital transformation advisor. With me is Doug Razabek. Doug, do you want to say hello? Yeah, greetings. Thank you. Appreciate it, Kevin. Um, yeah, I'm the uh, Director of Strategic Initiatives at SoftTac Solutions and also run our ServiceNow practice. So um, I'm going to be kind of walking you through a little bit of a use case that we've done for the U.S. Army as part of today's session. Fantastic. Thank you, Doug. Um, if there's questions that you folks have on the line, um, you're welcome to submit them through the chat feature, which is active and open. Ashley's going to manage that with us. And we'll be able to address your questions either as they pop up or we're going to wait for the end and address them at the conclusion of this session. Uh, the goal is to have conversations and to elevate the understanding of the value of uh, providing good customer service in the federal space. So any questions of, uh, of mine, please feel free to, um, to, to share them with us. Do you want to walk through a safe harbor notice? We'll be talking about, we might be talking about some future capabilities here at ServiceNow, so we do want to reference the safe harbor slide as with any presentation. We have a good agenda um, that we built for you today. We'll walk through, we've done the introductions and the welcome, which is great. We will highlight the White House executive order, and we'll talk about some stories that are making the news recently. We'll talk about our own experiences as each of us as a consumer and how that impacts us working with large retailers or banks or other uh, large logos out there in the world and bringing that experience and how the government is successfully bringing that experience into its own customer space within the US federal government. We'll also highlight um, the Citizen Experience and Satisfaction Report. And then as Doug mentioned earlier, we'll be talking more about Army housing maintenance and notice I crossed out the word housing so there's a reason for that as well and then we'll come to conclusions and additional next steps so again as we progress I want to invite questions on the chat and uh, appreciate everybody uh, joining us this afternoon recently in the news there's been a lot of uh, developing uh, articles popping up around the federal customer experience and the challenges that the federal government has had and has successfully overcome to remove these obstacles to delivering good experiences to their customers throughout the engagement process. That could mean requests, that could mean resolving the requests or uh, promoting additional use cases that we haven't even thought of today. But these experiences that all of us have as taxpayers to the US federal government or our local government or our state government really does change the way in which we think about the challenge of engaging, for instance, with the Department of Motor Vehicles and how that might have evolved over the last few years. But from a federal perspective, the president has issued an executive order on customer service, and that has really dictated the goal of the Biden administration to improve the customer experience and service delivery for all Americans who engage with the federal government at one point or another. This specifically calls out um, high impact service providers, uh, but it doesn't limit it just to these mostly civilian um, agencies. So these are the ones with the call centers who handle a lot of volume. It doesn't limit the goal of improving customer experiences just to these providers. It really encourages all providers to the uh, tax taxpayers to improve the entire efficiency process, just like when we are at night 
engaging with large retailers. Before we walk through some really good examples, I want to just walk through some uh, a video that we prepared here at ServiceNow. So without further ado, let me kick off this video and we'll pick it up on the other side. The president's management agenda recognizes that Americans expect consumer-like experiences from government, simple, intuitive, and on demand. Agencies are making progress, but there's more work to do. The customer experience transcends single interactions. Positive experiences that build trust really matter when navigating certain life events, often across multiple agencies. A presidential executive order advocates harnessing technology to improve service delivery. What holds back progress? Legacy systems, manual processes, and siloed information. Customer service management from ServiceNow integrates front, middle, and back-end operations in a cloud-based platform. Self-service offerings and omni-channel communications for government contact centers enable exceptional customer service experiences for those that the agency supports. And ServiceNow's automation, machine learning, and predictive analytics help leaders prioritize, scale responses, and enhance efficiency. Get in touch for a test drive and examples of customer service success. I always like a video to set the stage for the conversation. So as we think about evolving the customer experiences for the federal government, when I speak to customers, I always like to have them imagine what if the exchange that they provided their customers were more like that for American Express? How simple is it for all of us to you know go to american express their world-class services really predates them even from a digital perspective and log in and see how simple you can use their search gazetteer you can find answers to questions you can use their digital service catalog to find the nearest uh, resources to solve your problem. You can fire up a chat message if you wish. You can find their toll-free number if you wish. You can even send them an email and someone will respond to your email if you wish. So I always enjoy when I talk to customers to think about what's your North Star? What's your largest goal out there? And what if you were to model some of your requirements to reflect that of leading retailers like American Express as you build out the next generation? The other one that I think many of us are familiar with is Amazon. When we log into Amazon, it's a unique experience. And my experience is different than Ashley's or Lillian's or Jeff's. And every one of us have a relationship with Amazon through a personalized portal that brings up our latest orders, our most shipped to addresses, our payment options. All of this is created so that, of course, we go to Amazon more frequently, but also so we have a frictionless experience when we want to replace the, um, the, the light bulbs in our house. We no longer want to leave the house. We can just log on to Amazon, search light bulbs or whatever else you're searching, find that answer, put it in your cart and frictionlessly then just uh, check out and move about your day. The goal is to uh, minimize the interaction challenges and to maximize the return on investment we get from dealing with retailers like American Express or Amazon. And when we flip this around in a public sector experience, it's very much like we're seeing with lots of leading public sector uh, customers today with ServiceNow. So this is one of my favorites. It's down in Atlanta. The city of Atlanta has a fantastic experience for their users, their ATL311.com portal. Again, you can use the telephone, you can use the live chat, you can search with a gazetteer to find the answer that you're looking for. You can also use their digital catalog for products and services and find out the answers to your questions or 
if you can't create a case and then your issue is resolved personally for you by their team down in the city of Atlanta. The next example I always love to show off is the county. Even counties are getting into this with making it simple through very clean user interfaces that from a back end harmonize all of that workflow that so frequently is left in uh, manual work processes. It's so frequently using spreadsheets, so frequently accessing information from separate systems. Maybe it's some's in SharePoint, maybe some's elsewhere, but all of that information from an end user or a customer perspective harmonizes through an easy to use portal, just like we've been seeing up to now. And I like this one specifically because it talks about animal services. So that's very important to me. Um, so it's easy for me to see how I could get information from the county of Riverside, California. They're very easy to use uh, customer facing uh, portal. Not leaving states out, we've got a great story with state of Tennessee. They also use a very easy to use interface. You'll notice all of these experienced customers that we're showing you have their unique look and feel and flavor for what kind of experience they want to design for their customers, but they're all using the back end tool sets of ServiceNow, and that's really the strength for that one platform capability from ServiceNow. So state of uh, Tennessee is, is able to expose their knowledge base. You can search either by topic or by um, uh, issue that you want to resolve. You can also create an inquiry. It's a very easy to use form down at the bottom of the screen, and they have chosen for whatever reason not to utilize the, um, the capabilities of uh, live chat. You can see it up in the top left. It's not enabled. Maybe it's because it's outside of core business hours, but the ability for when agents are available for that ch live chat to become available, pop up on the screen. It will help deflect cases and provide a better seamless experience for their customers when those agents are there. So again, the flexibility is built in to customers creating their own experience. One of my other leading public sector experiences that I actually love showing is Stanford University out in California. They have a very easy to use portal. How can we help you? You could either search for your issue. And remember, I'm not authenticated in this example. If you'll notice in the top right, it says log in. I'm not logged in, but I'm still able to find information that might um, help me make decisions about engaging with Stanford. So I can look at facilities, I can look at information technology to a point as a non-authenticated user and find answers to my questions. If I wish to authenticate, I'm certain I would be able to then find even more information about uh, Stanford University through this very easy to use self-service experience. And again, these are all live examples. You can find them out on the web today and experience them yourself. So as we move up the the chain and we look at a civilian agency example, US Fish and Wildlife has a, a self-service portal for e-permitting. It's very easy to find answers and apply for your permit, check the status of your permit, pay for a permit. It's very simple to engage with US Fish and Wildlife Services because they value the simplicity, the frictionless experience, and uh, just like we've seen from other examples, and they're doing a fantastic job as that as well. One of the most exciting ones that um, I think Doug's gonna talk about more on our presentation today is the goal for the US Army. And they initially had an, uh, a, a challenge, which I'll, I'm not gonna steal Doug's thunder, but the Army has um, erected a solution, Army maintenance application. It's a public portal. You can see, you can either register and log in, or if you've got a CAT card, um, you can use that and you're already registered and logged in. So they've already designed this frictionless experience 
and they've um, uh, been able to deliver world-class service to their soldiers and families around the world uh, with ServiceNow. And I should actually point out, I remember when this was actually launched, and Doug might go into this more again. I'm not trying to steal his thunder. The nice thing that I, re the most exciting thing that I remember about this specific use case was how quickly they deployed this. This was deployed in 12 weeks. And to me, that's fascinating because we're talking about security ramifications. We're talking about data ramifications. We're talking about integrations with existing systems. Standing up an application for the federal government, let alone the Department of Defense, is wildly fast. 12 weeks is wildly quick in terms of uh, success stories. So I always like to highlight the, the, the ease of our tool set here at ServiceNow and, and smart partners like Doug and his team at SoftTech who can deploy solutions very rapidly for a quick return on investment. So before we dig into more of the Army housing application, our other technology partner, Kerasoft, did a survey um, in, in for 4,000 users talking about their experience and their satisfaction with the United States federal government. So let's dig in and just take a sample of my favorite um, key findings that I found from this survey, which they actually published on their Kerasoft website. They surveyed more than 2,000 Americans from their opinions and experiences for engaging with the federal government. And of those 2,000 respondents, they found that 73% prefer self-service interactions. That could mean on your cell phone, that could mean on your laptop or your tablet, but the ability to self-service, which is becoming so commonplace, we're seeing it, obviously we, it started with banks at ATMs, and now we're seeing it in grocery stores, self-checkout. It's becoming commonplace that citizens want the ability, if they choose, to self-serve. 27% of those respondents still prefer to speak to someone by telephone, and I love that because that means all of the other people who don't want to speak to somebody by telephone, they get their problem solved by self-service technology. But those 27% that are going to call that 800 number for support are going to receive that support faster because there'll be fewer people in line ahead of them waiting for, waiting for support. Customers expect more improvements. 39% of these respondents indicated that they have not seen any experience or improvement for that engagement with the federal government since the onset of COVID-19. So that, that leads us a lot of opportunity to help our agency customers, our Department of Defense, civilian, state, local, all of our public sector customers deliver on that goal of, um, of white glove service. And then 53% founded that their experience has been about the same. So again, no change there. The feedback is expected. Users, customers are willing to provide feedback when they and they want to when they have a bad experience additionally when they have a good experience they want to provide feedback but 76 percent said that they were very likely to tell others about their poor experience through social channels so again going back to that department of motor vehicles example or even dealing with the federal government or the state government at any level the better off they can deliver service to their constituency to their customers the better off that feedback that is shared on social will be and then finally, and I think we can all agree, digital is the future. 40% responded that wait times are over five minutes, and that's just unreasonable. 
39% of respondents have had slower than normal mail delivery. So they're ordering uh, products or services through the mail. And then 33% reported that the information was difficult to find on federal websites. So beyond just searching for an answer, once you land on that federal website, how do you find that nugget, that answer of information that you're searching for? You can get your answer, move about your day. So those are some good recaps, my favorites from this uh, government citizen experience report that the survey is available on the Carisoft website that we'll share later. But I think at this point, I want to turn the microphone over to Doug, who's going to walk through the rest of the presentation. Doug? Kevin, hey, I thank you very much. Let me go ahead and take control of the slides if I can here. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to touch on a couple of pieces that you you were I think you gave us a lot of credit for for what happened on our implementation and we'll take some of that or actually the team that worked on it but uh, I'll explain a little bit of how we met that the speed of the implementation here in a second but what I want to start with is uh, the Army CIO Dr. Iyer uh, published the Army Digital Transformation Strategy in October of last year and as part of that this was a quote that went out as part of that release. Um, and, you know, the acknowledgement that rigid institutional processes do exist and that we need to overcome those through through true digital transformation is really kind of the mindset of what we are doing with the ARMA project or what is known as uh, Army Maintenance, uh, the Army Maintenance application uh, or armymaintenance.com. And so kind of with that as the, the mindset going in, let me just give you kind of a brief overview of, of what we did. Um, the project itself was an outgrowth of the Army housing crisis of 2019. Uh, and there's actually been a lot of information even recently in the press about the privatized housing issues that currently uh, are continuing to, to uh, challenge the Army. I guess let me use the right, right term there. And as part of that, uh, the Congress basically put the hammer down on, on the DOD and on the Army to basically do right by the soldiers, do right by their families, and give them an environment uh, as they protect our, our freedoms and our country uh, to give them a safe place to live and one that's uh, free of challenges that, that have plagued them. And they put some mandates on the privatized housing groups. And in addition to that, um, the Army runs a lot of barracks, has some level of uh, family housing also. And they said, if we're going to put these mandates in against the privatized housing, we basically need to do the same thing for ourselves. And that's where armymaintenance.com came from. So our focus was really on the soldier and their family and giving them the ability to easily interact with the directorates of public works. And those are the entities on each army installation that manage the facilities that do the repairs. And the, the other than some homegrown uh, portals, some homegrown SharePoint sites, for the most part, the process was pick up the phone, tell somebody your issue and hope. Hope they show up, hope it gets fixed, hope it doesn't get lost. And at the end of the day, uh, that's where ServiceNow and ArmyMaintenance.com came in to solve that problem. So as uh, Kevin mentioned, we did have a very short timeline. We had a four-star general mandate uh, from General Daly here in Huntsville, Alabama at the Army Materiel Command. And 
that, that date was December 1st of 2020 for our IOC to be live worldwide in our initial operating uh, status. And that date didn't move. Um, we ended up getting this on contract in mid-August, had to do some ramp ups of the team that was working on it and a combination of some really good service now subject matter expertise and equally as important, if not more, was the Army subject matter expertise that we were able to bring to the table in order to push through this process. Um, the part I can't take credit for and that, that Softtech can't take credit for as part of this is that when you've got a four-star general, a three-star general, and a two-star general actively engaged in your project, your project does not move at the normal speed of government. <laughs> And from our optic, that was really beneficial because it allowed us to push through barriers and to work either around, over, or through challenges that we had because we had that kind of firepower uh, helping us out. So with that, and Kevin mentioned this, we're all expecting this consumer-grade experience. So um, to, to kind of leverage a phrase from one of my colleagues at Softax, first, uh, first things first. Um, and that is when looking at this and looking at what is the consumer grade experience, you got to kind of look at a couple of things from, from my perception. And that is, first of all, what are we trying to automate? Let's not try to boil the ocean uh, and deal with every problem that we might or challenge that we might have. But let's pick those things and start with something that we can take down and be successful in. And that's really important to truly understand what your target is that you're trying to take down. And once you know that, then you can identify your stakeholders. Who are the people that are involved in the process and how do they want to interact with us? And when you're dealing with customer service management, that's a key question to be asked and answered as part of the implementation. So in our case, as I mentioned, the ability for a soldier and their families, and that's a really important part of, of our charter, was that it's not just the soldiers that we're interacting with, it's the spouse uh, and, and even the children uh, of a particularly a deployed soldier, even, you know, being able to enable them uh, to self-serve and making their requests for maintenance um, and doing that wherever they were, whether they're on their smartphone, whether they're on their desktop computer, how easily can we let them initiate the conversation with the Directorate of Public Works? So those are things that we kind of uh, peeled back very quickly in the process, make sure that our whole team understood what we were doing. And it really came down to kind of six different piece parts, I guess, that make up the ARMA consumer great experience. Um, and I'm going to walk through each of these, so I won't touch on them here necessarily. But the main thing in this, and this is actually um, Doug Enfield, who was our program manager. Uh, this was in a, an article that was recently published. And, and he's spot on. It's what Dr. Iyer said. It's the things that Kevin covered uh, in terms of the uh, Kerasoft survey. And that is that customers expect a consumer great experience and quite honestly, deserve it. It's just that simple. So if we look at the connect piece, the first kind of uh, part of the process here is how do our customers get to us? And that's no matter what you're trying to do in, in a project of this nature, where it is a customer facing uh, environment, we need to understand how they're going to get to us. And so in our world, it's a combination of phone and desktop. Um, and not surprisingly, given the timing of this particular implementation and the rollout of ARMA, 
being that it was right smack dab through the middle of COVID and the lockdowns that we were in, um, the, the QR code has become a ubiquitous part of our lives. It's whether it's a bar menu, a restaurant menu, um, you know, directions to get through a mall, whatever it may be, you've got QR codes out there. We all pull out our phone and we scan it. It takes us to the site. And so that has been a fundamental part of our uh, uh deployment strategy, if you will. And these are just a couple of examples, putting the uh, uh, QR code on a keychain so that a soldier can have their barracks key. And if they have any issue at any point in time, you can immediately flip that thing over, scan it, get into ARMA and submit your maintenance request. Um, you see a poster here. This one happens to be at Fort Bragg. Um, these things are, depending on the garrison, uh, put up in all kinds of locations uh, that, that are there. And, and one of the things that's really important, uh, I mentioned our stakeholder group being the soldiers and their families. We very quickly, within the first three months of the deployment of ARMA, uh, the Army made the decision, and this was at the, the request of the garrisons, they said, we're doing maintenance one way with ARMA for housing, and it's really good. People are embracing it. It's starting to work. And now we've got a situation where what about the other stuff that we've got? What about these other facilities that we have, whether it's the ball fields, the picnic pavilion, the headquarters building, all of these other facilities are out there and it's a totally separate engagement strategy for the DPW. And so there was an immediate decision uh, to basically expand the scope of ARMA. And basically, as we stand now, by the end of next month, the end of May, we will be live at 70 plus garrisons in what's been coined fence to fence. So rather than just housing, we have expanded uh, the number of facilities and buildings that we support by about sixfold uh, in terms of what we were on day one go live and what we will be at the end of next month. So in doing that, you'll see this poster here. Um, that was a big part of that is being able to then put these things up in different places on installations so that anybody walking anywhere in any building has very quick access. Um, the, the QR code also manifests itself in refrigerator magnets in a number of installations. So the garrisons have had those run up and when their teams are in working on things, they slap one on a refrigerator and now that soldier will have that information uh, basically at any point in time going forward. Um, so kind of a, an, an interesting part of what we did in a, in a key part of our consumer grade experience. And I will say that we had this poster at Fort Bragg that, that's showing here. I got to share a little anecdote. Apparently this poster was so good that uh, in the not too recent past, uh, someone tried to steal one um, and walk out of a building with it. And uh, they were like, no, you, you can't take that with you. <laughs> that needs to stay here. But um, kind of a, a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Endorsement, I guess, uh, of the process from that perspective. The flip side of that is being able to access it from a desktop. Um, and initially, when we're dealing with just soldiers and their families as our customers, the need for the desktop was, was not as great because typically people were, you know, they've got their phones and stuff. But when we got fence to fence and we know that we're dealing with buildings that are office buildings, other workspaces, the idea of supporting that uh, from a desktop perspective went up. And uh, the ability to CAC login is fundamental to that. Um, one of our barriers to adoption initially 
um, has been on the, the, the soldier and family side was around our registration process. It's a process that we have to have from a security perspective to keep nefarious actors from trying to get into uh, to the ARMA system. But at the same time, that security requirement created a barrier to adoption. In the CAC login world, if, if that user has been authenticated through the enterprise authentication system from the Army, there's no need for us to do anything beyond that. So a big part of our solution has been allowing that CAC login to the point that if somebody logs into the system, we automatically create the registration for them. If they happen to get locked out, we automatically unlock them as part of that process. And the other thing that was interesting is right in the middle of our whole implementation, the Army has gone through updating their uh, email system from mail.mil to army.mil. So a global enterprise change from an email perspective. Um, and as you know, uh, a lot of times email is used as the fundamental login for a ServiceNow system. Ours was no different. And all of a sudden we had a moving target there. So we did some things within the system, again, from the consumer grade experience, making it easy on the user that when their account got changed from uh, mail.mil to army.mil, we did a little sleight of hand in the background, did a little bit of a system update. They jump into the system and they don't even know that we've actually updated their account on their behalf. So uh, kind of some good things from that perspective, uh, just thinking about how you interact with your customers and doing the things that need to be done at the system level in order to minimize the, uh, the impact to the end user. So the next part of it is after we connect with them is how do we listen to them? How do we get the information and start that conversation? I'd mentioned that historically it was always the pick up the phone and call the DPW, but in the digital world, hey, you're going to collect some information from them. And so uh, from our perspective, creating that consumer grade experience is reaching the right balance of structured and unstructured data. If we know certain things uh, about the information that's going to be provided to us, hey, we can go ahead and uh, create some structured data for that. It, it clearly enhances reporting. Uh, it makes uh, things actionable from an automated perspective where there's no human involved because there's no interpretation of the data. You've predefined the, the checkbox, the radio button, the pick list, and been able to sort of spoon feed the user with the information that they've got. But the flip side of that is, what if I don't know all the questions to ask? What if they're asked differently in different geographies? So when we've got a worldwide system in multiple geographies, uh, multiple nationalities and, and countries, how do we go through and do that? Well, that's where the unstructured data comes in. Just give me a box and let me tell you what it is and let a human interpret what's gone into that box. So from our perspective, this was a key part of the system. If you look at that left side image there, when someone comes in to ARMA to submit a case, um, if we know, uh, we well, not if, we know who they are, we know what building they're registered to from a housing perspective. If they happen to be in a headquarters somewhere else, they go and they select that, that structured data. We know the buildings that exist on a given installation, but then there's two boxes at, at you know, in terms of the mandatory fields, give me some detail location in terms of where I'm going to find this thing, what it's particularly, you know, that I'm looking for and tell me what's wrong. And once you give me those two pieces, that's all I'm going to require of you. 
Um, after that, anything else becomes gravy uh, in terms of the process. But that's been a big part of the solution. And quite honestly, the success of it um, is, you know, and you see in this quote here, um, the, the interface is simple to use, but at the same time, it's innovative and it works. And that was really a big driver for us was keeping it simple. What are the things that we have to have? What are the things that would be nice to have? And how do we streamline that to minimize the, the, the effort and the, uh, the, the pain, if you will, uh, to our customers? So after we listen, we've got the information from them is, is look, what, what can we gather from them? You know, we, we all, and I know I've done this, Kevin mentioned the whole Amazon is, is to a lot of us, I think the gold standard in terms of customer service and how you interact in a digital world. Um, and I know personally that I have had times where I'm looking at a product and then I'm looking at a competitive product and I'm going back and forth. And the images that they put out there of their products so that I can evaluate it oftentimes have a determination as to what you buy. Hey, these images look better. I like the way it felt just based on what I saw there. So I'm going to buy this one versus this one. Well, in the Arma world, it's the other direction. Rather than the uh, provider, in this case, the director of public works providing imagery to the customer, the customer sending it the other direction. And from the perspective of the director of public works, this information is invaluable to them. If I look at this case of the fence that's damaged here, I've got a pretty doggone good idea of what I need to have from the shop before I ever go out there. If I'm looking at a thermostat that's running at uh, 85 or 84 degrees Fahrenheit and somebody's in there roasting, I know what that thermostat is. I know what things uh, in terms of if I was going to have to replace that, I know what to take with me because I can see it as part of this. Plumbing is another good example. You know, not every toilet or, or sink or faucet on a garrison is exactly the same. If you include a photograph of that, it gives the repair technicians a pretty good chance to, to a, a better chance of providing uh, the right tools, the right materials on the first time. And that results in savings. If you're not familiar with an army garrison, some of these installations are uh, very large. And you might have a situation where the drive from the maintenance repair shop to the location to execute the repair can take 30 minutes or more. Well, if I drive out there, put my eyes on a potential repair and realize I don't have the right tool or I don't have the right parts, whoop, I'm at least an hour, if not more, that it's going to take. And so now I'm spending my work day driving back and forth across the installation as opposed to actually fixing the things that need to be fixed. And so um, we've found that when customers are providing photographs as part of their uh, communication with the director of public works with the DPW, the repairs are getting done uh, on average 25% faster. So now not only have uh, I've been able to have a better experience in terms of initiating with them by just using my phone, take a picture, and then I can go about my day. Now my repair that I'm looking for is going to get done even faster. And that again is that consumer great experience that, uh, that we're really trying to, to push towards. Um, 
And one of the other things I'll, I'll kind of share anecdotally here on the, the picture piece, one of the things that this is also facilitating is identifying situations of non-fair wear and tear. And this is actually an advantage to the director of public works. Somebody takes a photograph of a situation and they've got that visual representation. And I look at why are all these ceiling tiles damaged right in the same spot? Why would I have four to five tiles right in one area? Is there a chance that that might be um, not accidental, but somebody for whatever reason was trying to get up in there to do something or whatever it may be. Um, and I can then uh, have, have that documented and from a, a chargeback perspective, I can, can defer that cost to another entity, the unit that owns that particular location. So just a, another way that the, the photographs that are being provided just are invaluable to support the process. So after we go through and we've, we've connected, we've uh, listened to the customer, we are looking, we're, we're, they're sharing information, the next part of it is that in terms of maximizing the value of the communication is how do we communicate when we need to ask a question, when we need to schedule their time, how are we doing that? And obviously the ServiceNow platform has uh, numerous ways to go about doing that. So whether it's sending them an email, sending them a text, using uh, the ability to put comments into a record and have it visual uh, to the, the customer when they go and look at their case on the phone. Those are things that we have all that we have embraced as part of the consumer grade experience with Arma. Um, but there's more, right? Kevin mentioned uh, earlier in his, in his uh, overview about a given site that wasn't using chat. We're not using chat. We've got 70 plus garrisons that have different work schedules and different teams. And that was particularly with the timeline that we had, not something that the army would even consider. But don't even don't even go there. Stop. Right. Um, virtual agent, not something that we are doing in terms of repairs. We don't want to have some soldier or family member or even a contractor or civilian in the office trying to go fix a, an HVAC unit. Right. That's not going to happen. That needs to be in the hands of the uh, professional technicians to go do that. So that's not part of our solution. But those are things that from the interaction capability uh, between the customer and the provider are really important and uh, at the ready in terms of, of uh, a given implementation of the platform uh, from a customer service perspective. So um, it's, it's invaluable to be honest with you because part of what would happen uh, historically, so the customer calls up, they reach out to the DPW, I've got this particular issue. Um, oftentimes, if the DPW needed to reach back out to that individual, it was done with a phone call. Okay, so now all of a sudden, I've got, I got a phone call going back to the customer. What if they're not there? What if I can't get in touch with them? And you've, uh, you've got this, you know, the phone tag that we've all played at some point in our life. And we're delaying the actual resolution of the issue because of a single threaded mode of communication that is, you know, not necessarily efficient in all, uh, all given points in time. So uh, being able to use multiple mechanisms to communicate and to basically leave those messages out there, you know, for example, uh, in the, in the service portal, as soon as that customer goes back in to check the status of their 
their situation, they see that, oh, the request is back in my court. They're asking me for some information. I provide it, and now the process continues down this way. So that's kind of the, the fourth piece of it. Um, the fifth step in our consumer great experience is about the update, is how do we make sure that that particular customer knows what's happened, okay? And so a combination of those mechanisms, uh, and it might be all three. We might send them an email, shoot them a text, and then it's also available from a chat perspective in the portal that they've got uh, that information at the ready. So after we listen and look, we go out, we execute the repair, and this creates transparency. There is a level of transparency in the Army maintenance process that exists today that was not even on the radar scope two years ago. And it really has been able, uh, been important from the customer perspective because they have the information. I can go to the service portal on my phone like you see here and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I've got access to be able to see what I uh, see, what the status of my case is. And also then if necessary to, uh, to follow up with a question hey, what's the status? I haven't seen anything posted lately. Can you give me an idea? And the DPW then takes those. Those are the, the cases that need attention that need to get looked at from the DPW side. Clerks look at it, provide a response. And now the customer has that information. You know, again, we expect it. We expect the Domino's Pizza Tracker experience where I can look on there and I know that, that Joe Bob just put my pizza in the oven and that, you know, Fred is going to leave the store in 10 minutes or whatever to deliver me my pizza. Those are the things we're, and I'll first put my hand up here. We're impatient. As a society, we expect everything at our fingertips. We expect it yesterday. We want Amazon Prime to get, you know, oh, wait, it's going to take two days to get this here instead of show up tomorrow. That's unacceptable, right? And that experience is what has become the norm in a lot of cases, and that's the consumer grade experience that we're trying to provide. Full transparency to the information um, and ultimately trying to improve, improve the efficiency of the DPW so they work faster. Let's get it done quicker. Let's get more repairs done and actually look at the soldier, the contractor, the civilian, the family member as a true customer in every sense of the word. Which leads to then the evaluation. How, you know, what feedback are we getting and how do we take advantage of that? What can we do uh, to improve, you know, and, and being able to truly gauge from the customer space, um, you know, whether they are happy with the service is not something that has been uh, typically uh, focused on within the context of, of army maintenance, but it is now. And it's an important part of the full loop, the full feedback loop. Um, and that's how we've, we've, you know, can make things better, you know, get new enhancement ideas. How can we streamline the system a little better? How can the technicians function a little bit better in their, uh, in their day-to-day -day operations? And these are things that we've now got some, uh, visibility into that historically was just not an option. So that's kind of what we've done. Um, it, like I said, it all starts at the end of the day with who are our customers and how do we want to engage with them? How are we going to most efficiently engage with our customers? Um, and once you know that, then you can take advantage of the platform. 
you know, ServiceNow. I've, I've contended this for a while. And if they ever put it into a marketing uh, slick or anything, I told them I want royalties. But at SoftTax Solutions, our kind of mantra or uh, the culture that we have is that we're problem solvers. That's how we look at it is we need to go in and use our abilities, expertise to solve problems. And ServiceNow is the problem solvers platform for solving problems. And that's really what is it, you know, in, in your hands as part of, uh, you know, being a customer of the platform is to go solve problems. And the number of problems you can solve with the platform, I would contend is limitless. Um, but understanding who your customer is and what problem you're truly trying to solve, I think is the first place to start uh, for any uh, solution of this sort. So with that, uh, Kevin, I kind of covered everything that I wanted to cover. I don't know if you want to close, whether we want to get some questions out on the table. I don't know if anything's come into the chat while we've been rambling for 45 minutes. Um, and you're on mute, I think. Not that anybody's ever done that in the COVID era. Yeah, great, great story, Doug. Thank you so much for, for sharing um, the, the, the great story uh, around ARMA and, and the success that you guys are, are enabling the Army to realize for its customer base. So at this time, um, we're opening up the lines. You can either unmute yourself if you want to ask a question. You're among friends or you can chat. You can do a live chat. I do have one question, Doug, that I received um, while you were finishing up. The, the question was, can you talk about how the um, the ServiceNow instance uh, is? Where is it? Is it is it on premises? Is it running in the cloud? Can you talk a little bit about the back end technology? Uh, sure, we are running in the ServiceNow GCC uh, in the FedRAMP High section of that. Um, if, if you're not familiar, you've got both FedRAMP High, what they call pod 101, and there is the IL4 uh, side, if you will, which is pod 102. We are currently running in pod 101 um, and the, the uh, onus for that was needing to be publicly facing. So having that availability there, um, full transparency, we may be moving. <laughs> Not on premises, but to the other side, to the pod 102, but that's uh, a to be determined as it stands now. But that's, we are in a full cloud, publicly available instance today. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so with that, Ashley, if you've got any questions from folks on your side or anyone else want to unmute yourself, we're here to answer questions. Or if you prefer to contact us directly, Doug's email address is below his picture on the screen in front of you, as is mine. And we're here to answer questions and help um, help with anything you, you've seen today. Doug, it looks like we've answered all the questions. We've done a great job. So uh, with that, thank you all very much for your time. Uh, we will be sharing the replay uh, available after after this session is done recording and the presentation will be available for future uh, consumption. Have a great afternoon. And again, thank you all very much for your interest in ServiceNow and SoftTech Solutions. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.